Hey friends, it's your pal Mike Shea from Sly Flourish here with another episode of Sly Flourish's Lazy GM Prep. In this show, I go through steps from Return of the Lazy Dungeon Master while preparing for my Sunday role-playing game. In this case, I am running the Shadow Dark RPG. Look, I've got the physical book. I'm running the Shadow Dark RPG using Curse Scroll 1, The Gloaming. I'm running a campaign. This is like the 15th session of this campaign that I've been running. This show, like all of the work of Sly Flourish, is brought to you by the patrons of Sly Life flourish patrons get access to all kinds of cool features to help you run your tabletop role-playing games a whole bunch of tools random generators and all just tons of map tools all t- all different kinds of tools that you get for running your game whole bunch of accessories like uncovered secrets volume one and two that you get to uh, give you tips for how to run your game a bunch of exclusive adventures and a dedicated Discord server and a monthly Q&A, all for joining the Sly Flourish Patreon. It's a really good deal. And to the patrons of Sly Flourish, thank you so much for your support. Right before, so this is the last show for me, anyway, for you. It is probably already in 2024. I'm very interested to hear how the year is going so far, but I'll find out along with you. We are, this is the last show and the last session of 2023, my last RPG game of 2023 which is pretty interesting it's been a hell of a year and i am really enjoying shadow dark so before the show began before before i started rolling tape tape and digital i was chatting with my fine friends here on twitch and one of the questions was like now that you've run 15 sessions or so how do you feel about shadow dark like what are your observations for shadow dark i did a shadow dark deep dive where i and i did that after i had run a bunch of sessions already so i still stand by all of the stuff in there there's a couple of things that leap out to me when i'm thinking kind of thinking deep about shadow dark one question is are you still having fun hell yes i'm still having fun i'm really enjoying shadow dark my players are really enjoying Shadow Dark. I love this RPG. I don't think I've been more excited for a Kickstarter to deliver. I was watching every day, multiple times a day, to see where my shipment was. It actually took nine days. This is really wacky. So I live in Virginia, and it shipped from New Jersey, and it took nine days to get to me from New Jersey to Virginia. Now, granted, it was over Christmas, and things were down, and God knows what the post office is like with all the mail and everything like that. So I'm not upset with anybody or anything. I just thought that was interesting. In comparison, a fella in Germany got theirs in nine days. <laughs> not Germany, Japan. So somebody in Germany, but also somebody in Japan got their... <laughs> their kickstarter in the same amount of time it took me to get it from new jersey to virginia crazy shipping things going on but i have not been more excited to get a a kickstarter and having it now in my hands having the physical the physical product in my hands this is the gm screen a really really cool gm screen makes me just as excited and i have not been this excited for a kickstarter it is one of if not the best run kickstarter i've ever been a part of they delivered multiple products in excellent condition at a very reasonable price in under a year. And that is almost unheard of. It is, it is really, really outstanding. So I'm, I'm very happy with the Kickstarter that I backed. I love the game and everything's going great. But the game itself. So what are some of the observations of the game itself? I'm still very much enjoying it. I love it. It is not a replacement for 5e for me. 
you you will see numerous videos, clickbaity videos that say like Shadow Dark is the only RPG you ever need. And maybe for some that's true. It's not true for me. I like lots of RPGs. I like lots of different styles of RPGs. And I still very much love 5th edition. I, I really enjoy 5th edition. I feel like 5th edition has a lot of legs, gives a lot of agency to players to build characters that they want to build. It's a character-driven narrative. You don't have to worry that your character is going to die by going through any given door, which some people see as a detriment. I don't see that as a detriment. So I still really like 5th. But I also really love Shadow Dark, and I, I'm really like excited and happy to see a game like this that's in, that sits in one volume, one one book that gives you a what I consider to be a near perfect feeling of old school D and D, but with modern as they as as they say in their brochure, modern sensibilities, right? That modern mechanics. It's very easy to run. It's very streamlined. Things just make sense. You know, it's it works really really well. I, one of the things that, so, so one, that, that area of like, could you make it a little more heroic? And there is a pulp mode in the book that I haven't tried. I would probably want to try pulp mode first, where basically you give more inspiration tokens to your players. So they have more agency over what happens by dropping these in, by saying, I want to turn a miss into a hit, or I want to take another action, or I want to stop somebody from hitting me with something. And I haven't tried that. The other house rule I was considering is like, what if you started with max hit points at first level, just to give a little bit more resilience to the game, a little bit more, you know, survivability to the game. And what I wonder is, would that actually make the game more boring because the characters are so thin that you are less likely to, you're going to pay more attention to the fact that you don't really gain a whole lot each level. You're not gaining massive, you know, new feats and new subclass options and all the stuff that you see. So, so I'm very interested in that. I would probably Evo unnamed here in, in the Twitch chat is saying that pulp mode turns it into inspired genre like Conan. And that's probably, you know, that's probably a better way to go. I would probably start with that before I'd start modifying hit points. I might as well use the optional rules that are in the book instead of optional rules that are in my head and try that out. But I, that, that is one question of like, if you tried to turn it into a more heroic game, does it end up making it more boring because they're just character options aren't there? I don't really know. Another observation is that I don't necessarily find it easier to prep or run than 5th edition. Now, maybe I think this is because of two factors. Factor number one is after 10 years of playing and running and prepping and writing about and investigating and diving into 5th edition, I'm really efficient at prepping 5th edition games. I don't find them that hard to prep. And I'm running a 10th level 5th edition game on my Wednesday side, and I don't find it hard to... Uh, prep that game and it takes me about the same amount of time to prep that game as it does this game because i'm not really that focused on crunchy mechanic bits in that game either i'm focused on the story and the setting and the situation and npcs and locations and everything else i don't spend a lot of time like designing monsters i don't spend any time dorking around with like a virtual tabletop to get the lighting just right i don't do careful mathematically tuned combat encounters i focus my time and attention on the story and the drivers and the plot and i'm doing the same thing with shadow dark now it's also possible that Shadow Dark is easier to prep and run than I am doing it because I am bringing a lot of my lazy GM style stuff to Shadow Dark. I know I'm doing it because I like it. I feel like I'm pretty efficient at, at figuring out what kind of prep stuff I need to do and what kind of prep stuff I don't. I don't find myself prepping a lot of stuff I don't use, but I am probably running a particular style of game that is not necessarily the style of game that Shadow Dark is at its core. 
But I still feel like when you're doing things like a strong start and secrets and clues and spending a little bit more time focusing on your NPCs and the characters and stuff, that when you are spending time on that, I still feel like it's a richer, more interesting, more fun game for my players and I. I'm not saying like that's better than if you only just use random tables and generate stuff. And I haven't really run it like that. So I don't, I don't know, you know, I don't know, but I feel like that would be much more board, you know, and I don't mean this as a pejorative, but like board game, like when you don't know, like, why are we here? Or what is, tell me the history of this place or what is the machinations of these powerful entities that are roaming around in this, in this haunt? I I feel like that, that those elements of the story are still adding a level of texture to the game that I would want to be there. So maybe I am spending more time prepping than is needs to be done in order to run a shadow dark game. But I think that that prep is still really useful and makes for a fun game. At least that's my, that's my impression on it. I still have trouble with some of the shadow dark specific things when running the game, three of them particular and three of them in particular, I just feel like I have to juggle more and the things that I'm juggling are the torch timer. I just, you know, I know there's a million torch timers. I know there's lots of different ways you can do torch timers. I have found that the easiest one is for me to have a, have a stop a, a thing on my phone. I just forget sometimes we take a break and I stop, I forget to stop the timer or I come back from a break and I forget to start the timer and then I lose track of the torch timer. And I'm so focused on these other elements of the game that I just forget that the torches have been going this long. So that's one part of it. Another thing that I tend to lose track of, I think my players lose track of is slots for equipment i'm not we don't have our sheets in front of us we're not sitting at a table so i can't watch what they're doing and i don't know if like a character when they, when a player picks up a certain item if they're not distracted when they pick it up and they do, they forget to put it on their sheet i've heard more than once about oh yeah didn't we have a thing oh yeah where'd that thing go and nobody has it on their sheet and they're like well then we don't have it like it was left in the dirt somewhere um but that that has been tricky i think for players to keep track of all of the stuff they're just not used to encumbrance and and gear tracking to be a major factor of the game and i think we lose track when we get caught caught up in the other story and running turns all the time is something i lose track of and players want to jump in with with things and i just let them instead of like making sure that we're cycling through so those are like three things that like i think as a gm i have to be paying more attention to than i typically am and it adds a little bit of cognitive burden to everything else that i'm doing when i'm running the game so those are kind of my big observations at this point. And I still love it. Like, I mean, I'm, those are minor complaints. Like I'm not like, oh God, the game's terrible because I have to measure torch timers. No, it's really cool. And that torch timer thing is really fun. It's just a complication that I, I'm not particularly good at, at, at figuring out. But I still very much love the game and I'm very excited to continue to play it. I don't know how long this campaign is going to go. And we're going to talk about kind of that that like where is this going what are we doing i think some of my players are like where are we going what are we doing like there's so many things in front of us now what's our plan and i'm kind of like well you guys kind of get to determine your plan because there isn't one central plan there's things happening in the world and you get to decide what you want to get involved in so i think we're going to focus a little bit more but let's generate a session planning template it has been two weeks since we've had a game last week we did not because that was christmas eve and everyone was busy so today is 31 december 2023 final game of 2023 and we have our characters let's take a look at our characters i think these are the same ones now a bunch of my players are out today i think i might only have hopefully four but maybe even only three i think only three said that they're in seerwin elf priest seeker outcast who came to the gloaming looking for a new community priest of getty 
Average, one of the only, Siren is the only character who has survived since day one. Uh, Sirwin and Morrigan are the only two who have survived since the beginning of the, the, the game. Morrigan, a zealot elf warlock. I've been doing a lot of Morrigan storylines embedded in the location where they're, where they're at. Lickmac, a goblin wizard seeking the cure to Mugdablob's curse, who now has received it. So what is Lickmac's goal now? I don't know. Yaxpick, a greenish goblin fighter who was wandering around the yard and wants something chewy to eat. Dazder, a human witch shaman who carries the remnant of Memnon. This is Jay's third character. Vom, a halfling in wearing black leather armor who runs up with a heroic spark. And we have our glorious dead. I'm not going to go through all the glorious dead, but we have many dead characters. And who knows? We may have more today. Hard to say. So those are our characters. Our strong start today is set because I know exactly where we ended. So if we go to our map, I can talk about this. Last session, the characters were on a precarious bridge. The irate frog bridge, it's now known as. You'll, you'll know why. And I said, like, you know, I probably should dick with the lighting. Like, I should probably have their torches go out. Well, it turns out I had already done that. That I think at the end of the last session, I said, and your torch goes out. And I went, no, our torches. So I was already, remember, I was, I was, last prep session, I was worried about me being too mean by getting rid of the light. Like, adding another complication on the fact that people are hanging off a precarious bridge. Pitons are breaking away from the rock. They're sliding to their doom you know, falling into a boiling, muddy ravine below. What are they going to do? And and also I'm going to take the light away, lighting away. Well, it turns out I already had taken the lighting away, so I couldn't do it twice. And they came up, so they managed to like save each other. They managed to get back up, but then they had this big gap where there was a bridge and they came up with a with a pretty good plan. They had one spell, a, a witch spell, that summons irate frogs out of the sky. Uh, it's not irate frogs, but something like irate frogs. What is it? Let's take a look. We go to our perfect adjective. Uh, so we go to spells, the new witch, and the spells, one of the spells summons frogs. Frog rain, indignant. That's the right word. It's not irate. It's indignant frogs. So they summoned a bunch of indignant frogs, a rain of indignant frogs. And then somebody else had a spell that could take, I think it was our wizard, I think it was Lickmack, who had a spell that could, like, solidify stuff. Like, could take things that were almost like mud to stone. Could, I don't remember the name of the spell, but was basically able to make something solid out of something that wasn't solid. And they said, can we do that out of uh, indignant frogs? And I'm like, of course you can. Right? Of course you can make indignant frogs into a bridge. And so they made a bridge out of indignant frogs. Which is one of the only good values of using like a image creator like Midjourney or Dolly is saying, hey, give me, show me a bridge made out of indignant frogs. And then it did. And we all laughed. So they made a bridge out of the frogs and then made their way across. They, they decide they spent, a, I think they did a little bit. Oh, they, I, I wanted, if you recall, I did a little bit of railroading that I showed that the troll made their way all the way up to this door and they came all the way back again. Barbarog is the name of the troll that they're trying to find. It's the troll bouncer of the goblin village that they're from. And they saw that he went through this area. There was a lot of worry about this door because they saw that the door had caused other kinds of problems and there was fire and stuff. But they got past that. I don't remember what happened. They got past that. They made their way through to this chamber. I don't remember what happened there either. Adventurous shenanigans occurred. There was a big question, should they go through this door? You can see how I use... Uh, a big a big block to block what they can see using their t- their t- let's see who has the torch 
So you can see that like you can use that to block their line of sight so they can't see what's behind doors. And then continue to make their way and saw that the whole place is turning around, made their way into the final chamber and they see the rift in the wall that's a rift to marrow they see barbarog who's kind of entranced by the rift to marrow and then they hear the howling of marrow wolves so the howling of marrow wolves marrow wolves are coming what is a marrow wolf you might ask they are dire wolves we're going to reskin dire wolves i have to go far down Dire wolves. Dire wolves are level four. I think two dire wolves are pretty good. They make two bite attacks each, 19 hit points each. They are level four. One problem is our witch, apparently, almost every spell or almost every spell that the witch has affects creatures of a certain level that is lower than four. So that's kind of an issue. So we're going to have two dire wolves. I don't think I'm going to worry about. Oh, let's add a new feature onto the wolf. Nah, I'm not going to bother with that. So we're just going to have a couple of marrow wolves. And I think we're going to have one come out of the rift and one come out of the darkness behind them. And they're like, how did it come out behind us? And that'll be scary. Now, I may have as few as three characters today. If I only have three, I think I'm going to drop it to one wolf. Because two is really hard. That eight, like three three characters against two dire wolves that get two attacks each. That's really dangerous. So yeah, I will probably, I could use normal wolves, but see even normal wolves, they're level two. You could have a normal wolf and a dire wolf. We might do that. We might do something like that. We'll see. We'll figure that out. Anyway, wolves are attacking. That's nice and easy. Howling of the Marrow Wolves. So then they have to figure out how to close fighting Marrow Wolves. And I'm not gonna I'm not gonna add any mechanicy bits to the marrow wolves. I'm just going to describe them as creepy wolves. They look like the wolf, like the 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 huskies that were halfway, or the husky that was halfway through the transformation in the thing. It's got like cilia flopping around on its torn back, and its eyes are weird. And when it opens its mouth, it's got too many tongues. Creepy stuff like that, because they come from the world of marrow. Marrow wolves are native to the world of marrow where they help ingest the remnants of what's the god's name almazots devoured devoured worlds they are shaped in the divine shape of underlook so that's our marrow that's a secret clue so they fight marrow wolves and closing the gate so we want to think about this from inside the game's fiction the, the rift is like a tear in the wall that's ripped open with cilia growing out of it. And on the other side, they can see like the remnants of thousands of dead worlds. How would they close it? So they could try to close it physically. It has to be closed and sealed, right? So there's a few options. Uh, it's probably a, um, where's my, I need my GM screen because it's got all my stuff in it. That's funny. You know what? The the GM screen does not have uh, the DCs listed in it. That's one thing. That would have been nice. It's got kind of luxury items. That's kind of cool. I like that luxury items list. That's really cool. But one reference that I would like, and I guess it's because, like, honestly, you should be able to keep it in your head. I think it's in the front front of the book, though. Difficult. 9, 12, 15, and 18. So closing it is probably hard because it's a rift to another world. They have to succeed on a DC 15 and then sealing it 
requires some kind of arcane arcane seal. I don't think they can just channel magical energy like we would do in 5th edition. They're going to have to find some way to keep it closed. And that's up to them. How do they keep it closed? How do they close the rift and keep it closed? And sealing it permanently, like healing it, using Barbarog's blood, that using that crazy spell that made the frog bridge. Those would all be ways to close this thing. Could they use magic out of Memnon's skull? I don't know. Could they seal it with their own blood? I don't think so. And when they close it, like they'll have to kind of convince Barbarog. Barbarog's not hostile. I'm not going to make them fight Barbarog. I think it's more interesting to have a troll that they're trying to save and they don't have to fight the troll. That seems fun. So then return to Aklaklik for some downtime. Choose their next... I think their next path, I think they said they, they want to go, they know about that they need to stop Red, uh, Greaves Redthorn. I think that that's where they were headed to next after their downtime. I think they decided that. But then they have some other choices. So a crucial conversation and with, and I forget the name of the NPC, Gorkreeb, the Emerald Moon about their main choices. Save the gloaming or save its people. Save the gloaming, they need to find a way to stop both Mugdalblub and Kytheros from destroying the world. Actually, they gotta stop Mugdalblub, Kytheros, and Almazots. That seems hard. Saving the people, recovering enough artifacts to convince Titania to bring people over to the world of the Fae. So that's, that's kind of an open question for them, right? And, that, and I'm leaving that open because one of these is like hunting down artifacts. They got to collect enough artifacts, bring them to Titania who says, yeah, you can come across to the Fae world and, and you can bring people with you. But, all, but then the, other, the alternative is to actually solve the problem. And they, are there ways to solve it? And I'd say the answer is yes. And I think that we have the sorcerer guy. Haldren is his name. I do have a Haldren. Why is, is he? Uh, weird. I lost him. Haldren sought a way to stop Mugdalblub, but failed. I don't, I don't know if we need to have a but failed, but has gone quiet. That's a secret that we've got. So I think like scene-wise, we got plenty. So secrets and clues. What other secrets? We can look at our previous, previous secrets and see what we had. What didn't get revealed. Shun the Vile looks like Morgan's mother. They, she, they learned that. Shun the Vile and Kytheris used to be lovers. They learned that. Kytheris gave Shun the Vile the Obsidian Knife. They learned that. In the hands of Shun the Vile the Obsidian Witch Knife could open up doors between worlds. They learned that. Kytheris and Shun the Vile visited many worlds together using the Witch Knife to open many portals. Kytheris and Shun the Vile together discovered the world of Mugdalblob. I don't know if they learned that, but I don't know. Shun the Vile believed they had gone too far and Mugdalblub would simply devour the world and that couldn't be stopped. Kytheris thought Mugdalblub, being the primordial ooze, could be used to create all new fantastic worlds. So I think we'll keep those. Morgan's mother was here in the temple before. Morgan's mother knew Haldren the sorcerer and believed he had the artifacts required to end Mugdalblub's invasion, perhaps everywhere. Morgan's mother was burned before she could reach Haldren and find his artifacts. I think that's a, those are some good secrets. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. So we only need three more. Morgan's mother. And I think we have a name for Morgan's mother. I think I, 
I asked, I asked, and I got an answer, and I don't know if I wrote it down. <laughs> did I? Gwendolyn. Yeah. Okay. Yay. I did. Thanks, past Mike Shea. So we can quit referring it to him. Morgan's mother. So Gwendolyn tested. So I think this is probably what happened. While um, Haldron worked on a way to destroy Mugdoblub, Haldron, Gwendolyn sought a way, sought a safe place to bring Mugdoblub into the world so they could destroy him, it. She, Haldron, went missing before he could use his, his, half of the pro, his half of the puzzle to the location they planned to use, which is, what's it called? That location. The Meyer Castle, no, not Meyer Castle Ruins. Bittermold Keep. Bittermold Keep now is known as the Throne of Mugdoblub. Which is the 456, 789, one more secret. I think the timing for that all works right. And I think it was the Knights of St. Idris were the ones to stop and trap Haldren before he could complete his plan to destroy Mugdoblub. Gwendolyn is a direct descendant of Shun the Vile. That sounds fun. Gwendolyn. So I think the, the full plan. So how could they learn this? They could learn this in a note and maybe we will do for funsies, do a little, a little handout, like a little, a, a little bit of flavor text. Locations we don't need to worry about. We got plenty of locations. I'm not going to worry about any of these things because I, I can just look them up. I've reviewed the NPCs. We're not going to worry about that. I don't really need them in my notes. I can just look up the database. I did all of this fancy, like, connecting the database directly into the notes. Monsters 2 are in the book. I don't need to worry about that as I roll randomly. Treasure. We'll roll randomly for Treasure 2. So, really, I'm just going to focus on the strong start, the scenes, secrets, and clues. Those are really everything else I've kind of got. But instead of what we are going to add is Gwendolyn's journal entry. So when would this be dated? Eight years ago? Like when it was around the time that... So, it would be, you know, it would be when Morrigan saw the villagers and saw the Knights of St. Idris burn, burn her mother at the stake. So what would this note be? When, when was this written? The note would be when she... This was written by Gwendolyn. Oh, we'll just start writing. We are so close. For my whole life... I have tried to serve the, for my whole life, I've, I have tried to serve the drive, the legacy of my, my blood. So many centuries ago, countless years ago, my grandmother, although can she really be called that? Countless years ago, my grandmother, although can, can someone like her ever be called something like a, like a grandmother and her lover, Kytheros? opened up a world that never should have been opened. The result was Mugdleblub. My grandfather, put that in quotes, my grandfather saw it as the ultimate formation of creation, as the catalyst to all creation, something he could mold into countless fantastic worlds my grandmother 
saw it truly a catalyst only for destruction. Something that turned every element of living matter into its primordial state. It could not be molded. I lived in despair of my legacy for most of my life until I found him, until I found Haldren. And he had a solution. Draw Mugdalblub into the world and we could destroy it. Not just here, but everywhere. I found my grandmother's dagger. I've seen it work, opening doors to other worlds. Now I travel to Strongstone Keep, where I will draw Mugdalblub, or I will open a gate, open a door to Mugdalblub's realm. And my dearest Haldren will use his craft and his otherworldly artifacts to destroy the bane of my legacy, the bane of my blood, destroy the bane of my blood forever, everywhere and forever. All right. How's this feel? We are so close for my whole life. I have tried to serve the legacy of my blood. Countless years ago, my grandmother, although can an entity like her ever be called something like a grandmother, although can someone like her ever be called something like a grandmother and her lover, Kytheros, opened a world that never should have been opened. The result was Mugdalblub. My grandfather saw it as a catalyst to all creation, something he could mold into countless fantastic worlds. My grandmother saw it truly, a catalyst only for destruction, something that turned every living element of matter into a, its primordial state. It could not be molded. I lived in despair of my legacy. Let's see. While Kytheros drunk on, or in his hubris, Kytheros attempted to use Mugdalblub to create worlds. When he failed, he created, he sired Almazots to devour his mistakes. Destruction begets destruction. Knowing how many worlds being destroyed. Knowing, okay, so let's try it again. In his hubris, Kytheros attempted to use Mugdalbrub to create worlds. When he failed, he sired Almazots to devour his mistakes. Destruction begets destruction. Knowing how many worlds were being destroyed, I lived in despair of my legacy for most of my life until I found Haldren. And he had a solution. Draw Mugdalbrub into the world and we could destroy it, not just here, but everywhere. I found my grandmother's knife here in this, here in this tomb, in this lost... What is it? Yeah. I found my grandmother's knife here in this lost temple. I've seen it work, opening doors to other worlds. Now I travel soon, but soon I travel. Soon I travel to Strong Strong Keep, where I will open a door into Mugdalbub's realm, and my beloved Haldren will use his craft and his otherworldly artifacts to destroy the bane of my blood, to destroy the bane of so many worlds, the bane of creation. To destroy the bane of creation everywhere and forever. I hope to soon look into my daughter's eyes and know our legacy, our dark legacy, ended 
and know our dark legacy has ended before it drags before it dragged her too into the darkness that's kind of long it's fun let's give it another look and see if we can cut anything out we're so close for my whole life we don't need that part already i can cut the first four words for my whole life i tried to serve the legacy of my blood countless years ago my grandmother and her lover kytheros opened up a world that never should have been opened the result was Mugdalblub. My grandfather saw it as the catalyst to all creation, something he could mold into countless fantastic worlds. My grandmother saw it truly, a catalyst only for destruction, something that turned every element of living matter into its primordial state. We can get rid of that part. It could not be molded. We don't need that either. In his hubris, Kytheros attempted to use Mugdalblub to create worlds. When he failed, he sired Almazots to devour his mistakes. Destruction begets destruction. Knowing how many worlds were being destroyed, I lived in despair of my legacy for most of my life. Until I found Haldren, and he had a solution. Draw Mugdalblub into the world and we could destroy it, not just here, but everywhere. I found my grandmother's knife here in this lost temple. I've seen it work, opening doors to other worlds. Soon I travel to Strongstone Keep where I will open a door to Mugdalblub's realm and my beloved Haldren will use his craft and his otherworldly artifacts to destroy the bane of creation everywhere and forever. I hope to soon look upon into my daughter's eyes and know our dark legacy has ended before it drags her too into the darkness. That's fine. That's good. It spills a lot of secrets and clues. And it is definitely like plot hammer, like, you know, plot bat, big plot nerf bat. But I think, I think it works. I think that that will be... I think that that would be cool. Is Kytheros the grandfather? Kytheros is the grandfather, I think. I think there's some like little questions in here, but I think the idea that we have a character who is the daughter, the great, you know, in theory, maybe not directly, the great granddaughter of Shun the Vile, a, a godlike entity, and also maybe the great granddaughter of Kytheros, the Lord of Time. It's kind of fun. That's a lot of character stuff for a character who could be killed. So I hope it's a lot of story for a character that could, could die any second. And that's sort of the shadow dark issue. Right. But I think that could be fun. They could still, they could still do this. It would be very sad if Morgan dies. So that is Gwendolyn's journal entry. And I think they will discover this in an old book in this, in this chamber. And I think that that will work. So I feel pretty good about today's game. I think it's going to be fun. We should, let's see. I, I know I deleted like the locations and this place was called, oh, I forget. The Forgotten Temple of Shun and Kytheros. The Dread Waste, the Forgotten Temple of Shun and Kytheros. I'll keep this just in case they decide to go into some of these other crypts and discover what's there. Because they might, on their way back, they might hit up some of these chambers, possibly and see what's going on. So I'll keep that, I'll, I'll, I'll keep that linked in, in current. Uh, I can move all of my previous session notes. Bang. So how many sessions have we had? We've been playing this since August. Whoops. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. So this is our 16th session. It's really fun. I am probably diving too deep into the storyline and it's probably worth considering like what you know that that you tie too closely to a character and the character dies that could be a real issue but whatever such, such as such, such as it is friends 
I want to thank all of you for hanging out with me today while I prepped for my Shattered Dark game. I hope you enjoyed this show. If you did and you want to see more stuff like this from me, the best way to do so is to subscribe to the Sly Flourish newsletter. It is absolutely free to sign up. You get a free adventure generator PDF for signing up and you get a weekly RPG related email sent directly to your inbox. You can find a link to that in the show notes. You can also join me on Patreon. Patrons get access to all kinds of cool stuff, a dedicated Discord server, monthly Q&A, whole bunch of tools to help you run your games, whole bunch of random tools to help you run your games, previews of upcoming products that I'm putting out, the City of Arches source book, all kinds of stuff you get. Very low price a lot of content i don't think i've heard anybody who says oh yeah i don't i don't feel like i got my money's worth almost everybody is like oh it's totally a good deal so you should do it also you can pick up any of my books including forge of foes return of the lazy dungeon master lazy dm's workbook lazy dm companion and all of the fantastic adventure books plus all kinds of sly flourish accessories coffee cups t-shirts calendars we've got all kinds of great stuff on the sly flourish bookstore please check it all out there's really cool stuff there you can find that in the show notes as well thank you very much have a great day and get out there and play an RPG.